Welcome to the Faith Radio Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. For this series, we're reading through the first six chapters of Daniel, and our hope is that as we study the lives of Daniel and his friends, you will be encouraged to stand up for your faith while also exhibiting courage, wisdom, and respect. Today, we're talking about Daniel chapter 5. And joining me again is University of Northwestern Bible professor Anna Rask. Welcome, Anna. Hi. Good to be here again. So we are on to Daniel 5. Yes. And so why don't you, why don't we start out by you kind of setting the stage for us? Sure. Love to. This chapter involves a man named Bel Shazar. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. want to share that as I was preparing for this, I was trying to, you know, watch for themes so I could come and have this really intelligent conversation and sound like I knew what I was talking about. And then I was like, oh, I noticed that Daniel's Babylonian name is the same as this king. And then it's not. It's missing the T. So yeah, I just wanted to, you know, what's the word? Like confess my pride of trying to look like I'm something I'm not. Yeah, just that minor difference. And I, I yeah, I think it'd be, it's easy to get hung up on that. Like I've seen, I mean, these are foreign names to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've seen something similar, but the name meaning then is, is similar as well. So uh, Bell, as I said, it means Lord or Master. And so here we're talking about Bell protect the king. So uh, probably a reference to Marduk, uh, the, the chief god of Babylon. It's a, the name would meaning, hey, Marduk, protect the king. This guy's name is Belshazzar. He is ruling as co-regent with his father, Nebuchadnezzar. And when chapter 5 refers to Belshazzar as the son of Nebuchadnezzar, it most likely means that he's simply a royal successor. They probably weren't even related. And what's important to note is that when you turn the 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 page to chapter 5 after chapter 4, is that 23 years have passed. And, I mean, without historical context, you have no idea as the reader. Where's Nebuchadnezzar? Yeah, (laughs) Nebuchadnezzar's dead. Yeah, he died 23 years ago. And so it's been 23 years since Nebuchadnezzar's death. It's 539 B.C. So... It's yeah. I should say it's, it's been 23 years since Nebuchadnezzar died. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's 539 BC. We know the exact date of this chapter, and that's because of what's going to happen at the end of this chapter. And so, let me just set up in for the, the first four verses what Belshazzar does. He decides to give a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles, and he wants to drink wine with them. And while Belshazzar is drinking his wine, he gave orders to bring in the the gold and silver goblets that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, so there's that reference there, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem, so that the kings, the nobles, the wives, and his concubines might drink from them. So they brought in the gold goblets that had been taken from the temple of God in Jerusalem, and the kings and the nobles and his wives and his concubines drank from them. And as they drank the wine, they praised the gods of they're gods of gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Mm. Yeah. So that sets up the stage of, okay, what's <laughs> going to happen in this chapter? And so then does that relate? Because on the study guide, you ask, what detail from Daniel 1 plays an important role in chapter 5? Yeah. If you read Daniel 1, verse 2, it specifically says that Nebuchadnezzar takes temple vessels, some articles from the temple in Jerusalem, and he brings them to Babylon. So they kind of, in essence, lie dormant for all these decades. Seemingly, they aren't used. But 
chapter one has revealed Nebuchadnezzar was the one who took these from God's temple in Jerusalem. And it specifies that he placed these vessels in the treasury, the temple treasury of his God. And now that was actually a common ancient Near Eastern practice. A victorious army would plunder the temple of the nation they conquered and they would take their symbols of that nation of the defeated God and put it in their own temple. And that would be signifying a great victory over that nation and their God. But it was expected you show respect to that conquered God. We have no record of Nebuchadnezzar using these temple vessels, but Belshazzar decides, let's take them out and let's have a party, specifically the goblets. We don't know exactly how these goblets were used in the Jerusalem temple, but they certainly weren't for a drunken party. And then the fact that Belshazzar is toasting and praising his gods and the idols with these holy objects from God's temple is is not okay. It just makes me think of the reverence that you know, when we see them building the temple, yeah, the, the attention to detail mm-hmm. about what was on everything and the size of every that it's all, you know, it's all outlined in yeah. scripture, the care that's taken for everything in the temple to, you know, in how holy yeah. that is. And to think, I mean, I'm just cringing. Yeah. Like, oh, 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 yeah. you don't even know. You don't even know what yeah. you're doing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it really doesn't. And, and the irony, because it, it says the gold goblets, at least, they're the same material as some of his idols. Mm-hmm. It's just you've made an idol out of gold. Well, the goblets are also gold. It's just a material. It It's not actually God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so keep going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... We left off last episode talking about Nebuchadnezzar's pride and arrogance. And this is a theme that comes up again in this chapter. And we're going to see that Belshazzar responds very differently to being called out Mm -hmm. for his pride. To set the stage of what his pride was actually about, I mean, we don't know exactly why Belshazzar wanted to use these goblets. Maybe he was trying to signal he was better than Nebuchadnezzar, the one who took them in the first place. Or maybe he was trying to challenge the God of the Jews from whom these goblets came. But for whatever reason it was, it seems for God with this was the last straw. These are holy objects, uh, meaning they are not for common use. Holy means to be set apart. And he's treating them as common drinking cups. Mm-hmm. And so this is what precipitates another element of the story we talk about a lot, the writing on the wall. Uh, This hand, this severed hand appears and just writes on the walls of the banquet hall. And it seems, I mean, Belshazzar is also a polytheist. He seems to think this is from a deity, possibly, again, a bad omen. He's clearly afraid. Uh, And so... He needs to figure out what what this is. Mm-hmm. And again, he calls wise men and they can't interpret it, which scares him more. Here we've got this writing on the wall, probably in Aramaic, what they spoke, but no one knew what it meant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they could read it probably, but they didn't know what it meant. And so finally, Daniel is called. That's and, interesting. Yeah. That every they go through everyone. Yep. And oh, okay. Now... No, let's call Daniel. And and actually, I mean, it's related to, you see for the first time, really, a woman come on the stage. It's this queen enters the, enters the scene. And she's kind of irritated with Belshazzar. And she's like, calm down. 
go get Daniel. Mm. And she's like, he's come through uh, for, through uh, for us in the past. He helped Nebuchadnezzar when he was in trouble. And scholars are thinking, okay, well, who is this woman? Who is this queen? I mean, all of Belshazzar's wives are there and his concubines. And I think one of the most compelling answers is that this is Nebuchadnezzar's widow. She's still alive. Oh. And I mean, we can't necessarily prove that, mm-hmm. but she very well could be still alive. And there are records of who she was, but she would be the one to know mm-hmm. <laughs> if she indeed is Nebuchadnezzar's widow. She knew everything that Daniel did for her late husband. And so she's like, you should have done this in the first place. Go get Daniel. Would and- it have been common for the widowed queen to become part of in the new king's harem or his wife or uh no i i think she's just probably living at the palace as like the queen mother from the dowager yeah yeah something (laughs) like that but she clearly it seems wasn't at the banquet because she walked into the banquet so i don't know it kind of seems like belshazzar just did not like nebuchadnezzar and didn't really want to be associated with him he wanted to be better than him and um so he didn't really want to anything to do with that reign, that time period, and certainly this exile from Judah. Right. And so finally, as a last resort, Daniel's called in. And you can hear that in the in the sense of what Belshazzar says, he's kind of already irritated. Uh, I'll just read what, what he says. He says, are you Daniel, one of the exiles my father, the king, brought from Judah? Now, Daniel... He, the queen, this woman has already said Daniel's been so helpful, and mm-hmm. he he's kind of disregarding that, putting Daniel in his place. Oh, right, you're one of the exiles. Like you don't really belong here. Mm-hmm. He puts him in his place, even though he's been having these high promotions and roles within Babylonia, and he's like, "Aren't you still? You're still one of those exiles, though." And then he says, "I've heard that the spirit of the gods is within you, and that." You have insight and intelligence and wisdom. He says that in verse 16 too. He's like, I've heard you can do this. He doesn't confirm anything. He's like, I've heard you can do it. I'm Mm -hmm. not sure if you actually can Mm -hmm. though. So again, he's not confident in Daniel's abilities. And then you can tell Daniel is not very impressed with Belshazzar. It kind of seems like he views him as a young, irresponsible ruler. And if you compare Belshazzar and Daniel's relationship versus Nebuchadnezzar's and Daniel's relationship, they had a very different relationship, him and Nebuchadnezzar. He came to respect him and care for him, and Daniel didn't take joy in telling him that tree dream. He was upset and sad to say, hey, you could have a downfall here if you're not careful. But not with Belshazzar. He is is not sparing anything. He (laughs) rebukes him for failing to learn that lesson. So clearly what happened to Nebuchadnezzar was a well-known story throughout the kingdom. And Belshazzar sort of learned about humility and about repentance from what happened to Belshazzar when he was prideful. Daniel explains God was the one who gave Nebuchadnezzar his greatness. But when he became proud and arrogant, he was punished by losing not only his mind, but his kingdom. And he remained in that state until he acknowledged God's position. And so Daniel's like, you should have known this. You did know this and you should have learned from it, basically. He very, yeah, clearly says you knew all this and Mm -hmm. you 
you aren't doing anything about it. Well, even when the king is trying to entice him with gifts, he's like, you can. Yeah. Like, it clearly doesn't yeah, matter to keep him. Keep your gifts and yeah. give them to someone else, but I'll still tell you what it means. Yeah. Yeah. So you can clearly tell, I mean, this is Belshazzar's final straw. His heart is hard and he has not humbled himself. And this use of the holy goblets is a, an affront and an offense to God. And so this refusal to repent led to the writing on the wall. And I'll finally tell you what it says <laughs> and what it, what it means. Uh, Daniel uh, interprets it. But the inscription is Mene, Mene, Tekel, Parson. And that's Aramaic. And if you're viewing them as nouns, it means uh, it's a unit of money. So uh, mina, mina, shekel, and a half. So probably half a shekel. It'd be similar to us saying ounce, ounce, pound, and half a pound. Okay. So they're units of measurement. But if you take them as verbs, you can view it as that it's saying numbered, numbered, weighed, divided. Hmm. And really what Daniel is saying, uh, the inscription is saying, is that, hey, Belshazzar, your time and Babylon's time are numbered. You have been weighed and you've been found wanting. You have not measured up. And so you're going to be divided. And a new kingdom is coming. You can hear the word in the word parson. Uh, Daniel uh, uses the singular form of the word perez, and you can hear almost the word Persia in there. And that's who's coming. That's the empire that's about to defeat Babylon. And ironically, that very night, Persia comes knocking on the door and Belshazzar dies and they take over the kingdom. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty intense. It is. And well, and it's just interesting to think from Daniel's perspective, mm -hmm. everything that he's experienced from being exiled yeah. to everything that happened with Nebuchadnezzar his affection for Nebuchadnezzar, then having to deal with this other king. Yeah. And then now they're being taken over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. And we'll see how he does in the court of a new empire and a new king. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is there anything else from chapter five that? I mean, I, sure that just the cover? encouragement of we better watch ourselves. Right? Pride and arrogance are serious sins. <laughs> And Daniel was clear, Belshazzar, you knew about this mm -hmm. and you didn't do anything. We don't have an excuse either. We knew about this. We know other situations in scripture and people we've seen that have fallen. We need to be people of humility. Right. And God says, I'll lift up those who are humble. You don't need to lift yourself up. I'll lift up those who are humble. I it, It's in, um, I can't remember which gospel it is, or maybe it's somewhere in the New Testament where I think it's actually maybe Jesus saying, when you go to a dinner, don't take yeah. the seat of honor. Mm -hmm. Take a lower seat so then the, the so that the host doesn't come to you and yep. say, actually, this person needs to sit They're there. They're better than you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but instead, they'll come and say, friend, mm -hmm. come sit in this, this higher place. Yeah. yeah. But, but to have that habit of humbling. Mm -hmm. And again, back to Jesus. He's the prime example. Mm -hmm. A humble Amen. servant. Goodness. Well, I hope you have enjoyed this. I hope you're enjoying this as much as I am. <laughs> um, thank you for joining us talking about Daniel chapter 5, and we will be back tomorrow talking about Daniel chapter 6. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. Special thanks to Professor Anna Rask. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, Consider financially supporting Faith Radio 
find more information at MyFaithRadio.com. 